You are now listening to the Conversationalist Podcast. Hi guys, thanks for listening to another episode of the Conversationalist Podcast. This is episode 22. I'm Jesse and I'm here with Amanda. Hi. And we're basically going to do this episode solely on the Ghostbusters reboot, um, which was released this weekend. Um... We went and saw this movie earlier today, and so we're just going to discuss like uh, the basic synopsis of the movie and what we thought of it. Um, so, in case you're not aware, um, this movie was a reboot of the 1984 original, and it spawned a sequel um, a few years later. Um, you know, it it is a classic for those that have seen the original Ghostbusters. With the reboot, it was um, basically a complete role reversal. Um, it's an all-female cast now instead of a male cast like it was in the original, um, you know, including the secretary being a male instead of a female. Um, and so, you know, they you know they redid the original song, obviously, with the reboot of the movie. And uh, so the basic synopsis of the movie is that uh, following a ghost invasion of Manhattan paranormal enthusiast Aaron Gilbert, and Abby Yates, uh, nuclear engineer Jillian Holtzman, and subway worker Patty Tolan band together to stop uh, an otherworldly threat. And so, um, you know, basically, uh, Kristen Wiig, who plays Aaron Gilbert, um, was friends with uh, Melissa McCarthy, who plays Abby Yates, and uh, they basically end up coming back together after a book kind of, you know, resurfaces that they'd written together. Um, years years passed and it was basically a book on like paranormal activity um Kristen Wiig is you know trying to get uh tenor at a uh university and once they discover that uh you know she you know believed in the paranormal or, or did at some point um they let her go so um basically her and Melissa McCarthy um they start to, I don't know, kind of collaborate. But as it turns out, uh, Melissa McCarthy had continued a lot of the work that uh, they had started with the um, with the writing of that book, and she enlisted um, Jillian Holtzman, who's played by Kate McKinnon. And uh, so all three of them are together. Um, how the fourth character comes into play with uh, Leslie Jones playing Patty Tolan is uh you know that basically um there's a a guy that uh you know comes down the subway and he says a bunch of weird shit um and and she's following this guy he sees him walk like down the subway tracks and so she gets a flashlight to go see what he's doing and then when she does that um this uh machine or like electrical contraption that had been placed in the in the tube um it ends up blowing up and then in the process a ghost um you know comes out of the tunnel scares the daylights out of her and she ends up running off and she quits her job um she finds out about um this this place uh this this place where they're studying the paranormal and you know basically uh tells them about um what she had seen and all of this is uh, done after um, they interview and hire Kevin, who is played by Chris Hemsworth, who ends up being the secretary for the girls. And, uh, you know, that's basically the start of their adventure. Um, you know, basically, Leslie Jones' character, you know, keeps coming back and makes the point that, hey, look, I've lived in New York my whole life. I know the history and know where all this stuff has happened before very streetwise and um you know she has an uncle that has a vehicle so they don't have to walk everywhere it is they're going and they can you know have a way to carry their equipment so she's bringing a little bit to the table and you know she has a knowledge of the city so um that's how they retrofit the vehicle which ends up being a hearse and you get ecto-1 so um that's basically you know, as far as, uh, you know, like the basic synopsis of the movie goes, the bad guy who is putting all these contraptions out all over the city that's, uh, you know, basically causing a lot of uh, 
you know, the paranormal to occur, um, you know, and to kind of like break, you know, break that uh, dimensional barrier to have, you know, ghosts come into um, this realm was played by Neil Casey. So, um, as far as that goes, um, there were uh, several um, cameos that, uh, you know, popped up throughout the movie, which, I mean, I guess you would expect, um, Bill Murray, um, who played, uh, Dr. Peter Venkman in the original, um, he played, uh, Martin Heiss, who was, like, the paranormal skeptic, right? Yeah, he doesn't believe in ghosts. And so, um, you know, basically when they start, like, fighting these ghosts, you know, all the public and even, like, the local government are basically saying that they're just creating these hoaxes and that they're not really, um, you know, fighting anything paranormal and they're just, uh, you know, attention seekers. And so uh, Bill Murray's character, um, you know, basically comes out on TV saying that, uh, you know, there's no such thing. And then uh, at one point, once apparently they've actually caught, uh, once they've actually caught a ghost during a, like a, a live concert once they'd kind of upgraded their equipment and, um, you know, created, uh, I, I, God dang it, I should know, I should have, uh, looked up the name of the actual thing, but basically, um, you know, in the movie and in the cartoons, um, the, uh, the contraption that they slide under the ghosts, you know, and hit the, um, hit the pedal in order to, uh, uh, you know, capture the ghosts into a container, um, you know, they'd, uh, you know, develop their gear and, or, you know, develop that uh, particular uh, contraption in order to capture the ghost. So they capture the ghost and they've already, you know, brought this uh, container back to um, their base. And uh, so Martin Heiss shows up and basically is like, okay, so, um, you know, show me this ghost. And um, against the advice of all the other uh, you know, characters, um, Kristen Wiig's character, um, Aaron Gilbert was, uh, well, she just really wanted to release the damn ghost because she wanted to prove that they weren't crazy. Um, so she ends up releasing the ghost and, um, you know, when Martin Heiss is also recording so that, you know, he has proof so that he could verify that they're not full of shit, this, uh, ghost that they caught looks kind of like a dragon comes flying out and grabs the doctor and tosses his ass out the window well they're on a second story so he ends up dead and uh you know so the police show up because he's dead and um you know they have to explain that it was a fucking ghost that threw him out the window um that was actually kind of funny but uh you know so um that ends up happening that's uh that's Bill Murray's uh, contribution to the movie. Um, later on in the movie, they end up going to um, like a hotel, and um, Annie Potts is uh, at the front counter, and um, she is playing the obviously the desk clerk at the front counter. And for those of you that don't know, she was the secretary. And the original Ghostbusters, um, her original uh, role for Ghostbusters was as uh, Janine. So um, that was that was cool because I already knew who that was right off. I'm like, oh, I know what she, no, she is. Except she wasn't wearing the uh, like the ultra nerdy glasses she wore in the Ghostbusters. Um, she still had glasses on though. I know, but they weren't the same like they weren't the same like design or whatever. We're not gonna make it exactly the same. It's not the same movie. Remember? I know it is. I know it's not. But I'm just saying like. You know, if there's, like, iconic glasses or whatever, and, like, it's, it's a cameo, you know, most people aren't going to put, like, two and two together to be like, oh, my God, she's wearing the same glasses. Like, I just thought, oh, she's not wearing the same glasses. You know, it's, I mean, it doesn't matter. I'm just saying, like, it would have made her even more recognizable if she had the glasses on for those, you know, for those people like me that noticed. You know, some people aren't even going to notice that she was in the original. Yeah, who doesn't know who Annie Potts is? I mean, like... People that don't know, the, like, the original movies? Like, younger people that don't know? I well, mean, then the glasses wouldn't have mattered anyways. Because they yeah. wouldn't have seen the movie. Oh, he's splitting hairs with me. Anyway. I just was just like, okay, she's not wearing those glasses. Whatever. <laughs> um, and then, uh, 
Dan Aykroyd, he ends up making an appearance as a cab driver. And uh, obviously, he was uh, one of the main characters in Ghostbusters playing Dr. Raymond Stance. And, um, you know, I think essentially, like, you know, they have a small dialogue when they're when they're calling for this cab um you know and as he's driving away he's like i ain't afraid of no ghosts <laughs> it just drives off um so you know obviously it's a little nod to the original then um uh it toward uh right toward the end of the movie um you get a cameo with uh sigourney weaver um who plays uh rebecca gorin in the movie and obviously she played uh dana barrett in uh the ghostbusters and her character was like the way it was explained in this reboot was like she was a mentor to um kate mckinnon's character um holtzman mm-hmm. and uh you know so like it, hers is really small and minute like you know, she barely had any lines or anything. She's just like, oh, hey, it's Gorney Weaver. Um, she well, talked more than some of the other ones did. Well, it was just Because Ernie like, Hudson was first. And then when they broke away into the little scene that was, like, put in between the credits, that's when Sigourney Weaver was there because that's when they had the new building. All right. I mean, they were talking about, like, the containment unit or they're developing the containment unit for obviously a place to put the ghosts and like she made some comment about like adding like you know warning lights or whatever to the outside safety of the containment lights. units or safety lights but like and that was about it like she I mean she didn't say anything that was like referring back to the movie unless I just don't remember um you know a line about safety lights on the containment unit which there very well might have been because in the movie the containment unit ended up in the original, the containment unit ended up getting shut down because it was some sort of like local safety hazard that became an issue, and it released all the ghosts that they captured, and so it might have been an issue of like safety lights. So okay, I guess I did just prove myself wrong because I do <laughs> remember, um, you know, them talking about like it being a safety problem or a safety issue because of the containment of all of these uh, different ghosts in that centralized place that like wasn't government or local government approved or whatever so i mean i guess that does make sense um so then um obviously then there's uh the cameo with ernie hudson who is uh played by uncle bill and obviously he's the one that uh lent the um hearse to leslie jones character patty tolan and you know how they got ecto-1 um you know in the movie in this reboot freaking ecto-1 gets like blown up slash thrown into a portal so yeah they're gonna need a new ecto one and obviously uncle bill's not too happy <laughs> <laughs> about the fact that he doesn't have uh that other hearse he's minus he, a hearse yeah he's minus a hearse and he's got a business to run so that sucks for him um and then you know just uh um shit and i think who was it andy garcia plays mayor bradley in the movie like for those who care um i can't remember if he had any sort of role in the original i don't i can't recall if he did or didn't um and i didn't bother to look so i just thought i was like oh hey that's uh i was like i knew i knew i was like oh hey i know that dude and then fucking it's andy garcia but <laughs> when i looked at amanda i'm like hey is that armand DeSante? <laughs> completely fucking off the radar with that one huh because all so, Mexicans look the same, huh? That's racist. <laughs> As a Mexican, I rebuke that statement. Anyways. Um, and so at the beginning of the movie, like when it starts developing the fact that, uh, you know, like there's this one particular house that's uh, haunted, you know, kind of like leading you into the beginning of uh, Ghostbusters. Um, we noticed that the guy who's um, like doing a tour of this house that's like, you know, supposed to be haunted is... Uh, played by the tour guide is played by zach woods and we recognize him as the like business savvy guy that uh helps you know all the guys run the business side of uh pied piper jared. in silicon valley yeah he's the character of jared in silicon valley so um you know for those of you that watch that hbo show 
um yeah it's actually a really funny show and uh like i think zach woods did a good job of his you know tiny role in that uh in that movie so um gosh i mean the uh i mean i guess we can go basically uh you know right into the movie and what we thought of it and since uh i've said quite a bit i will let you go first so what was your take on the movie i mean like your thoughts like you know how it developed just uh in general like your opinion overall and uh whether or not you'd recommend watching it or any opinion on like how people played like certain roles i thought it was it was better than i thought it was gonna be but i'm still kind of eh about it i don't know how i feel i need to th- i need to think about it some more just because the way they tried to make it so modern it just didn't didn't feel right I don't know, but I do like Melissa McCarthy's glasses in that movie. I want a pair. They're super cute. That's funny. And her hair towards the end, too, and it's like half and half. I like that, too. So uh, would you like me to throw down my opinion, and then you can basically agree or disagree with anything that I have to say? Sure. So, uh, you know, basically when the movie starts out, you know, I thought they did like a good job of kind of like, you know, easing you into the Ghostbusters movie and like everything that's happening with it. Um, you know, and then, you know, I think they do a fairly decent job of, you know, trying to create like a backstory for, um, you know, all of the main characters and like how they know each other and, you know, even, you know, how they pick up, uh, how they pick up, uh, Leslie Jones character as far as, you know, like the fourth character for the, um, for the group and, you know, obviously, you know, with them, uh, you know, basically, like, set, you know, trying to set up this business, um, you know, there's a little nod to the original, because you're like, oh, shit, you know, they're actually gonna have their headquarters in the same building where, you know, the original Ghostbusters, uh, headquarters was, too, except they find out, oh, it's super expensive, <laughs> and they can't afford it, and so they end up having to rent, like, this little <laughs> shit room that's, like, um, right above, like, a Chinese restaurant, so, um, you know, there is that, and, uh, so, you know, you know that that was that was kind of just like naturally funny, like haha. You know, that's from the original. Oh, they can't afford it. Um, you know, and so you know because they're trying to start this business, uh, you have um, Chris Hemsworth's um, character. You know, basically come in looking for a job, and you know he's just a complete blockhead. Um, obviously, you know he's handsome and you know all of this shit and. You know, even though, like, Kristen Wiig is, like, you know, her character is, like, extremely smart doctor and, you know, these, you know, other, other, um, the other characters are also, like, you know, extremely smart and, like, what it is they're doing as far as, like, mechanically making these devices and, you know, theorizing, like, the paranormal, um, you know, every time Chris Hemsworth is in the room, like, uh, the character Aaron Gilbert, like, all of her intelligence just goes out the window and you know becomes like a bumbling fool every time you know chris hemsworth's in the room because you know obviously she likes him and um you know it seems like at times like she's like just really overdoing it with like oh how handsome he is and stuff like that like she just gets borderline retarded and so it's like i get that he's handsome and like women like him or whatever you know but you had like the rest of the women that kind of treated him normal but like acknowledged that he was handsome Whereas, like, Kristen Wiig, like, took it, like, ten steps above that and, like, just being, like, a, a bumbling buffoon when whenever he's in the room. Uh, so, like, and then, like, kind of throughout the movie in general, it's constant references about how handsome he is, about how soft his skin is, about this or that, about how fit he is, you know, like, even the bad guy at one point, like, takes over, um, you know, his body and, you know, when they're trying to you know, when the, the bad guy who, you know, basically kills himself on purpose and then, um, you know, takes over, uh, Chris Hemsworth's character, Kevin, and it's like, oh, I wish it would have worked out more when I was living. Oh my God. Yes. I really wish I would have worked out more because he's able to lift all of this stuff. And, you know, he's just, oh, you know, you don't like my face. I'm not handsome enough. And just, 
It's just like constant shit, like bombarding you. Like the it was movie, annoying. The movie had to keep reminding you about how handsome he was, about how fit he was, and all this shit. And I'm just like, it's not even like me as a jealous dude. Like, I know he's fucking handsome. Like, and I know that he's super fit. Jesus, like I'd like to be as fit as he is, but obviously he puts in a fucking ton of time to be um, as fit as he is. And um, you know if I had a lot of time on my hands you know like in between like acting jobs and i had a fucking like you know personal trainer or something like that like maybe i can get close to him but i mean okay dude's dude's a gorgeous human being but the movie bashes you over the head with it and it gets like really annoying because it's like constant so moving on from that um you know like patty tolan um you know played by Leslie Jones, um, I thought her character was less annoying than I thought it was going to be, and it's just because, like, a lot of times, like, a lot of stuff that she does, she's always, like, super loud, and, like, always just, like, screaming, and, like, has no volume control, um, but, like, like Samuel I, L. Jackson. <laughs> yeah, it's just, like, constant blah, 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 but, um, I actually thought she did a pretty good job, um, she was relatively funny, and not as obnoxious as I thought she was going to be in the movie, I guess it is kind of sad that they kind of, like, made her a character like they did, like, oh, this streetwise black woman that just, like, kind of knows all the EDU secrecies of the city and, like, all of this and that. I mean, I know that in the originals, um, you know, in the original uh, movies, um, the character that Ernie Hudson played, like, he wasn't a doctor either, so, like... And, you know, obviously it's kind of stuck with that role where, you know, she's not a doctor. She's just very savvy. Um, you know, but at the same time, like, they kind of, I don't know, they kind of pigeonholed the character to be, like, I don't know, like a stereo stereotypical type character with the streetwiseness. Um, I don't know. I mean, they could have made her, like, less ghetto-y. I don't know. I, I'm not trying to... I'm not trying to, like, come off as racist. It just seemed like they kind of, like, made the character that way. Like, oh, she's, like, from the streets. And, you know, oh, she works this, like, lowly job at a toll booth. And Well, just like they made Kristen Wiig's character a complete nerd when she was falling all over herself every time. Right. It's like this is a this is supposed to be a movie, like, for feminism and girl power. But then you're, like, they making... They sure did Chris- hit some really interesting stereotypes in there, though. Yeah. Well, because, yeah, I mean, you have Kristen Wiig playing a bumbling idiot with, the, you know, Chris Hemsworth. And then um, you have, you know, the constant reminder that Chris Hemsworth is a handsome, uh, you know, male specimen uh, that's extremely physically fit, but he's a complete moron. And, you know, mm-hmm. then you have, um, you know, the stereotype with Leslie Jones. And, like, I'm not even, like, a PC robot. Like, I'm not saying, like, oh, my God, I was offended by any of this. But it's just, like, glaring, you know, a lot of the stuff that happens. You know, as you continue to watch the movie and you compare it to the original Ghostbusters, the original Ghostbusters cast, I thought, did a really good job of just being naturally funny a lot of the comedy that happens in the movie with the dialogue and as, you know, the movie progresses, there's just some naturally funny moments in the movie that, you know, are just from, like, glares or looks or, like, you know, little snide comments that it almost seems like in this movie when they're, you know, they're trying to make it funny, obviously, well, they're like, oh, a joke would be really good here, so I'm just gonna get this joke peg and I'm going to get this hammer and I'm going to hammer this fucking joke into this specific portion of the, of, you know, of the storyline, you know, to have a joke. And like sometimes, you know, some of the jokes were funny, but other times like you were just like, Jesus Christ, they're trying really hard. You know, like, like they took like 20 takes, 30 takes to try to, you know, you know, like where you see like some bloopers for movies where they... Um, like in Deadpool, you know, so like that guy is talking to, uh, oh my God, why am I forgetting Deadpool's name? Ryan Reynolds. Okay, Ryan Reynolds. 
So when the when the blonde character, like his little sidekick, is talking to Ryan Reynolds and he sees his face and he's like, "Oh, your face looks like an avocado had another uh, sex with another avocado." And like then you see like some of the blooper reels and you see all the other shit he said. It almost seemed like in this movie, like when they were making some of the jokes they were making, that they probably ran through like 50 takes of them just trying to like riff something funny that they could like cram in there. Like that's what it seemed like to me. Like they were just trying like so hard to like fit jokes in certain spots. Um, whereas I'm not saying that they weren't writing jokes in the original movie. It just seemed more natural and not like it was forced. Because it seemed like at times they were forcefully trying to find shit funny to put in it. And when they weren't doing that, they were like reinforcing a lot of those stereotypes that we mentioned before about one thing or another. You know, like it's supposed to be funny that Kristen Wiig is being a fucking moron around Kristen, around uh, Chris Hemsworth. And it's supposed to be funny that, you know, Chris Hemsworth is, Chris Hemsworth is a complete moron, you know, that is barely able to survive for the fact that he you know is caught you know he remembers to breathe um you know so just a bunch of you know little shit like that like um i will agree with what amanda said originally with it the movie wasn't complete garbage like i thought it was gonna be like i thought it was gonna be i mean i definitely thought that um the movie was gonna be really bad um which is funny because then you'd ask yourself, like, why did you even go see the movie? And I think the simple answer is just that I appreciate the original so much that I really wanted to see, like, what they were going, what they'd actually done, you know, with the movie and the material that they had. And so I was just going in there with an open mind, fingers crossed, hoping that, uh, you know, they were going to, you know, prove a lot of skeptics wrong. And, you know, I actually did genuinely want to give the movie a chance. And so... Um, you know, I guess I was at least partly happy in the fact that, uh, you know, they didn't do a complete disservice to the Ghostbusters, but, I mean, I think in general, like, having known what I know now, I probably would have even waited for it to go to the dollar theater before I would have went and saw it. You know, it's almost kind of like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I went and saw the first one because I love the original Ninja Turtles movies. I hold them close to my heart. I remember growing up watching them a million times. Absolutely love those movies. And so, you know, when you find out Michael Bay is going to make an original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie and do it as a reboot, you're just kind of like, oh God, Michael Bay. But you go watch the movie anyways, and like, I compl- I did, I hated the, the remake of Ninja Turtles. And so when the second one came out, I had really no plans to go see it. Um, you know, because again, it's directed by Michael Bay. Maybe if they recast the director and went a different direction with it, I might have gone and seen, uh, gone and saw the movie, but I didn't. And then, uh, you know, I didn't even go, I mean, we might go see it at the Dollar Theater now, because just that movie is not worth, uh, you know, full price admission. And so, you know, Ghostbusters 2, at this point I'm kind of on the fence with, uh, you know, whether or not we'll go see the, uh, second one, um. You know, and to kind of elaborate on that is that basically when they start running credits, you know, they're doing a couple of little scenes, you know, as they're as they're running credits, uh, you know, toward the beginning. And then eventually then they're 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 running all the credits. And then there's actually like kind of like an after teaser scene at the very, very end um, where basically uh, Leslie Jones character is like listening to something on like some sort of audio uh, recording or, you know, on a recording where. They're trying to like hear like I don't know like spectral audio or whatever, and and she turns to um, all the other cast members and is like, "What's Zool?" And so that's like a huge, mega huge hint for people that know about the original Ghostbusters because Zool is bad guy in Ghostbusters, um, you know, in 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 uh, Ghostbusters two. So um, you know, with that said. You know, it's basically going to be like a similar plot line that you would expect from the uh, Ghostbusters original Ghostbusters two movie is going to be the um, plot line for a sequel Ghostbusters. But you know, I mean, I I'm guessing that if the Ghostbust this Ghostbusters doesn't do as well box office wise as they hope, um, you know, obviously no studio is going to renew for a second Ghostbusters. If, uh, you know, they can't make the money back. And 
you know, I I hope that this movie doesn't bomb and like the excuse is going to be that like, oh, people just weren't ready for a strong female cast or, oh, you know, people, you know, just, you know, weren't, you know, they didn't want to see like females in, you know, in, in these roles or, you know, that it, it had something to do with like gender or any of those things. Like, no, it just wasn't that great. Like it just, you had fantastic source material to make a great movie and you fucking butchered it and um like i said there were certain parts in the movie that were funny and like i said it wasn't you know complete garbage not as bad as it could have been but there's just so many things that like you know happen through the movie that like they're beating you over the head with that it just annoys you so much that you start to dislike the movie on those grounds alone like, how many times do they have to play the theme throughout that movie? In case you forgot what movie you were watching, <laughs> hear the theme song. Go. Yeah, and, you know, the remake of the, or the remix or whatever the hell you want to call it, like, the rewriting of the original Ghostbusters song was terrible. But you know what? In general, I mean, I think, like, as far as, like, history goes, there's a lot of, you know, um big blockbuster movies where they're you know making a movie and then they have to make a song you know for the movie it's like a 50 50 shot and whether or not like that's actually going to be a popular song or whether it's going to be a complete piece of shit well it sounded like they did it like three different ways like they didn't even know what kind of song they were going to stick with yeah so well you know again they're trying to like, they're like, okay, we're making a new movie. We can't stick with the original. We have to remake this. Like, we have to force this. And let not, they're not even going to stick with, like, you know, even, like, a, like, a, uh, like a similar, what is it? Like, you know, word for word kind of thing. Like, they got to throw in all this other stuff. Like, I don't know. Like I said, it was just, uh, you know, it was what it was. I hate that fucking saying. Like, it is what it is. But, um... You know, I mean, it, it, it. As a Ghostbusters fan, if you like the Ghostbusters, you're probably not going to like this movie. Even if you go into it with an open mind, like you're just not going to appreciate it as much as you did the original. Like the ghost, the original Ghostbusters was so good that it's really impossible to try to like overcome you know the big shadow that's cast from the original and like them even attempting to do that kudos you know but at the same time like they would have had as difficult a time you know making this movie a success even if they put males in the role you know this isn't even about like whether this is like a female only cast or like a you know all female cast in terms of the lead roles i think they would have been in the same fucking spot had this been a bunch of dudes um yeah when they had announced an all-male cast it was more well received than when they announced that the female cast is going forward right and you know it might have been more well received but would people have appreciated it as much you know that's a they huge wouldn't have assumption. complained as much about it i mean not they, leading up to it you know, and, and, and maybe so, but, like, those complaints ahead of the movie, I don't think would matter as much as if, like, people like me that, despite skepticism, went to see the movie and then were, like, pleasantly surprised, you know, by the fact that, like, the movie was okay or whatever, you know, then it wouldn't matter. But, I mean, because, like, boycotting a movie or not wanting to go see a movie because, like, oh... It's, you know, guys instead of girls. Like, okay, I was disappointed. I'm not going to say that I wasn't. I was disappointed when they basically, you know, did this whole PC bullshit with the movie. Because, like, you know, politically correct, you know, shit aside, I just can't stand that stuff. Like, I hate that you can't say what's this or you can't say what's obvious or, you know, you got to tiptoe around stuff because of who it may or may not, you know, upset. Like, that shit just annoys the fuck out of me and I refuse to be, like, this fucking ultra pc person like it's dumb and it's like everything that's wrong with the world nowadays 
But then to elaborate on that is getting really off topic and is like a whole another fucking topic that probably doesn't even relate to this podcast. That said, is it, I basically don't think that, you know, even as an all-male cast that like they would have had, they would have been as successful. You are right in that they probably, there probably would have been less people complaining about it leading into it, but there'd have been less complaining, but like if they did the job that these women did, then you'd still have the same outcome. Although, I mean, it's, I mean, it's kind of hard to say, I mean, because you could tell that like this story was written for women. Well, yeah. I mean, it was written for women in terms of like being the lead, lead cast members. I mean, you know, could you imagine like just putting a female and the dudes in uh, Chris Hemsworth's role and then putting four dudes in the female roles and then running with the movie exactly as it is? Like you can't, it would well, be weird. Couldn't. It would be weird. Um, you know, you, you couldn't put males in this, in this Ghostbusters movie and like it seems seamless. Like it just... You know, because then, like, you, you're gonna you're gonna have like one guy that's like all over the girl secretary, and you know, a girl secretary that's like a complete. So she'd probably be buffoon. like blonde with big boobs, right? And if they be, were gonna put her in that the same role they put him in, right? Trying to touch the phone through the fish tank, it's stupid. Yeah, and it would be some dude like, oh, uh, uh, you know, and. If it was a dude, though, it probably would have been, like, the fattest, nerdiest guy out of the group instead of, you know, just yeah. the nerdiest girl in the group. Yeah. And I don't know. Um, personally, I just think that the writers weren't very good on this. I mean, I think that, uh, like, the talent was there because I actually really liked Kate McKinnon's character. Um, well, I thought, she's funny anyways. Yeah, I thought Kate McKinnon's character was uh, pretty cool. I thought that uh, Melissa McCarthy's character is pretty much the same character she plays in every movie. Um, you know, if you've I seen like her glasses, I mean, if, if you've seen the movie that Melissa McCarthy's been in, that's the exact role she played in this movie. Like, there was nothing different about anything that she's done in any other movie that she's done. Um, you know, Kristen Wiig. Probably the same thing could be said about Kristen Wiig. Um, you know, she pretty much plays, like, the same character, too. Um, like, the, the, like I said, the two surprises to me was Leslie Jones. Leslie Jones, just some of the shit that she's done, I'm just kind of like, ugh, like, she's annoying. Because she's in, annoying on SNL. Yeah, in this, in this movie, I didn't think so. I thought she actually did a pretty good job. Um, you know, Kate McKinnon, I thought that she made... The character that she played her own and I thought did a good job of like kind of like carving out that piece to be her own um you know I think the weak links in the all-female cast <laughs> which is shocking to say is Melissa McCarthy and Kristen Wiig um I don't think that they did as good a job as they probably could have done or maybe it's just because, like I said, you know, if you've seen the movie, other movies they've been in, they're playing the same character. Um, Chris Hemsworth, I mean, he's always the fucking handsome, you know, big-eyed, muscular fucking statue of a dude in, like, every movie. And, you know, in every movie, it's, you know, always got to be brought up about how handsome he is and all that stuff like that. So, like... That's, like, not even a shock to me. I guess what is shocking is just how often you're reminded of it. Like, it's, like, every eight minutes in the movie. I mean, whenever he's in the fucking scene, you're reminded of it. And then even when he's not in the scene and they're talking about him, you're reminded of it. So, um, there is that. The the bad guy, um, who was, uh, played by Neil Casey... I thought he was a decent enough bad guy. He's weird looking. He yeah. kind of had like a creepy vibe to him, and um, I thought he did a, I thought he did a pretty good job of uh, you know playing the, playing the bad guy role. Um, you know, obviously, for those that uh, aren't aware, 
Um, you know, there was one cameo that wasn't made from one of the major lead characters from the original Ghostbusters, which is um, Harold Ramis, he's who dead. played Dr. Egon Spangler. And yes, Amanda, that's the point I was getting to, is that he died. Um, he died February 2014. He never would have gone for this movie anyways. And, uh, you know, pretty much there was um, like a screenplay that was being written for a Ghostbusters 3 where they were trying to bring everybody back together. I want to say this goes all the way back to at least 2011, 2012. And, and so... Um, Initially, the two people that weren't necessarily on board were Ramis and uh, Bill Murray. And um, at some point, it seemed as though Bill Murray was going to go for the movie. Um, he was kind of coming around to it. And so um, uh, movie studios were looking into the possibility of actually um, developing this. It was con there was a lot of tweaks and rewrites to it that Dan Aykroyd was directly involved with, um, in terms of like the development for this script, um, but then what ended up happening was Ramis died, and uh, once Ramis died, the director that was um, basically on board to direct this Ghostbusters three um, pulled out, and then when that director pulled out. Um, when the director pulled out, then the studio that was considering, um, you know, the development and production of the movie basically was on the fence with it because now you don't even have the full original cast with Ramis gone. Plus, you're going to have to go back and rewrite what was essentially a pretty good um, script for the movie because the script included Ramis. And so how do you go about it? Like, do you try to recast somebody as Ramus and be like, oh, hey, uh, that's not Ramus, but, you know, we're going to pretend like it is Ramus, or do you completely rewrite the original screenplay to say that, oh, yeah, Ramus died, and we're going to have to bring somebody else in? You know, so basically the screenplay was fucked up because you don't know whether you're going to have to try to recast somebody, which is, you know, obviously going to bring hate, or to, you know, rewrite the rewrite um you know large portions of the screenplay so that you can account for them basically bringing somebody in to take his spot um you know and because of all that uncertainty like basically the uh you know movie studios basically didn't go any further with it and uh you know then obviously it was probably around that time that they started entertaining the idea of doing a reboot which you know ended up being this movie with an all-female cast and doing something a little different in terms of still getting the Ghostbusters, still getting a Ghostbusters movie out there, although it's a reboot instead of you know a continuation from the other two films, and uh, you know and and basically not having to address the elephant in the room and the fact that you know Ramis is gone, and so you know that might have been some of the motivation for a lot of the um you know gender role switching and all that kind of thing like they're like oh let's make it fun let's do something different with it and hope that people um you know appreciate uh you know appreciate the uh risks that were being taken and uh you know the development of the movie um you know so we know that the next movie is going to have uh Zool in it and uh you know basically it's uh Zool the gatekeeper of Gozer um who's a demigod and was a minion of Gozer. So, um, that character was actually pretty cool in the originals. And, uh, I think that, uh, if they do have a part two, you know, they, like I said, they have good material to work with. They're going to make a part two. You know, it's up to the writers and, uh, you know, producers to decide whether or not they're actually going to bring their A game and, you know, bringing about a good script for these women to work with. And, uh, you know, whether or not, you know, Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy are going to be more funny. Um, I mean, just because they were funny in other roles they've been in, they were just more naturally funny in a lot of other movies that they've been in. And it just seemed like you just kind of saw the same characters that you've seen in other movies in this movie and, like, just trying too hard, um, you know, to be funny. You know, and then Chris Hemsworth... 
I mean, I would, you know, most people know that he's not like an Oscar caliber actor, um, you know, but, uh, you know, he does decent in the, in the roles that, you know, he gets. And in this movie, I mean, you could have casted a piece of wood and, uh, it probably would have had, probably would have had more, uh, personality. Um, it was very transparent, two-dimensional, like, it didn't seem like there was really any effort to, like, I don't know, make the character, you know, to make the character yours. They, like I said, it was just like a stereotypical, ham a blonde, handsome, dumbass dude. So, um... I mean, I think that's all I have to say about the movie. Uh, would I recommend you see it in the movie theaters? Probably not. Not unless you want to waste your money. Um, was it a waste of time? I wouldn't go as far as to say that it wasn't. We took our kids to see it. Our kids liked it. Um, you know, so, I mean, kids can appreciate it. Or maybe even, um, you know, teens and stuff like that that don't have a movie to compare it to. They never saw the originals. You know, I guess minus that, you know, without being tainted, per se, hmm. with, uh, you know, the originals, which I'd take the originals over this movie any day, but, you know, without having another thing to compare it to, you know, you could arguably say that it's not as terrible as it is. Um, but even not comparing it to the original movie, I just, uh, you know, thought that it could have been better. And, uh, you know, another, I mean, I guess I said I was almost done, but... You know, one of the things that got me is that, you know, in the originals, you know, you had them, like, capturing multiple ghosts, you know, using that containment system, you know, and obviously, like, you know, then taking the ghost and, you know, putting him in the, you know, the containment system that they end up developing, but they only caught one ghost in the whole movie. You know, in the whole movie, they're, like, blowing up ghosts, like, with their proton packs, and, like, uh, you know, whipping the fucking, like... Uh, like the proton laser shit around and like like it's grabbing the ghost and they're like throwing ghosts into other ghosts and like doing hand to hand combat with ghosts and shit like that kind of thing it was just like I know they were trying to do something different like it was obviously different from the original but it was just a lot of Jesus. pretty lights <laughs> yeah I mean it it was very Michael Bayish, you know if they had done that, plus a couple of more explosions in the background, like you would, you would fucking think that like Michael Bay directed it, because yeah. there's like plenty of pretty CGI, like it's visually pleasing. The ghosts look fucking great, um, you know, all like the effects and stuff they did like that, they weren't terrible at all. The effects were fantastic, um, you know, the sets and backdrops and all that stuff were like really cool. Um, they said it was mainly just like the acting that kind of did it and just all the all the little things all the little things that just like piled up like they tried to shove a whole lot of originals like stuff from the original in there but then tried to make it their own at the same time and it just didn't work it was yeah so i would recommend that if it's not something that you absolutely have to watch rent it um, you know that well yeah rent it or I mean that's going to take a long time but you know if you if you want to watch it and like you have like a dollar theater in your town like we do you know wait till it hits like a dollar theater and go see it um, or get a fire stick or whatever those things are called jeez um, no I mean I would I would say at least you know wait till it goes to the dollar theater or you know if you're absolutely going to see it go see it like during a matinee time or like some sort of special like um you know in 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 our in, in town we have a movie theater that like on uh Tuesdays they do like a like a $5 um this movie went and accounted though right well like uh, normally like our movie will do like a $5 uh um like a $5.50 ticket on like that particular day um but this is a Sony movie and so we found out the hard way that, like, Sony basically wants their stuff exempt from those Tuesday specials. The reason we found that out is because um, another Sony movie was Angry Birds. And when we took our uh, kids to see the Angry Birds movie, um, you know, we went we went on that day 
you know, to save a little bit of money, only to find out that no, yeah, they didn't have that. They didn't offer that discount for that particular movie. So, um, you know, I would suggest just like going during a matinee or during a special time, or even waiting until it just comes out of the dollar theater, so that you can still have the pleasure of seeing it on a big screen. And then, um, you know, that would, I mean, because it's worth seeing on a big screen at least. Because um, like I said, it is visually pretty cool. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of the reviews aren't off. And we think IMDb, as far as, like, user ratings, it's, like, 4.7 out of 10. Which, like, is, like, a pretty indifferent score. It's, like, a mm. lot of people that want to say that it's not great, but it's not a complete piece of garbage. You know, they're kind of just in the middle road. Which is kind of where I find myself, you know, just on that kind of middle road, like... You know, they could have done something so much better. And, you know, when they make this second movie, hopefully they've learned from a lot of the mistakes that they, um, you know, made with this first movie and um, adjust accordingly. Um, do you Or they're going to make it worse. Oh, God. Oh, fuck. Like, when Michael Bay uh, made uh, that Transformers movie with those, like, Kia souls that talked, like, all uh, all ghetto. And, like, they were the... You know, a lot of people, like, saw what they were as, like, being the, like, the black Transformers. They wore, like, gold chains and break dance. Like, and it was, everybody's kind of like, fucking really? Like, yeah. you have the people, you have the fucking robots that are talking black and they're acting In the cheapest ghetto cars. With, like, gold <laughs> teeth and bullshit. And you're like, seriously? And that's, you know, that's kind of, that's the kind of shit that, you know, Michael Bay does. You know, but no, oh God, I'd hope that they wouldn't go worse than this movie. And that, like, they wouldn't double down on some of the fucking stereotypical bullshit they pulled with uh, some of the characters. That'd be fucking... That'd be a travesty. So, yeah, I hope that doesn't happen. Um, do you have anything else to add? Or, like, I mean, what's your what's your assessment recommendation? I already said Redbox, Fire Stick, <laughs> You're not whatever. You're not even going to pay money? You're going to get a Fire Stick and, like, take... The dollars out of the starving actors' mouths. Yeah, because they all look pretty starving, right? Oh, it's mean. It's terrible. We don't condone piracy. Yeah, don't do that. Wink. So, um. <laughs> anyways, um, <laughs> that's uh, I guess that's the end of our show. Um, don't uh, don't be surprised if you go pay full price for it and you're like, God damn it, you know I shouldn't have fucking. Paid that much money. We warned you. Go cheap. Yeah. Or don't go. Um, so, uh, you know, you can go to our um, our uh, Facebook page at uh, That Conversationalist for updates. Check us out on Twitter at, uh, at That Com Podcast. Um, you can download us or listen to us on SoundCloud uh, at That Conversationalist. You can also download us on iTunes at uh, Conversationalist Podcast. Uh, you can email us at uh, thatcompodcast at gmail.com. Uh, this is uh, wrapping up episode 22, um, Ghostbusters reboot special. Um, Jesse and I'm here with Amanda, and Yay. we are saying goodbye. Bye.